here's something that's also interesting. The, the nervous system receives pain in the exact same way. Whether it's physical, mental, emotional, psychological, it doesn't matter. It doesn't know the difference. It yeah. receives it as one thing, yeah. a threat. Yeah. So if the, if the nervous system is receiving some type of threat from any of these mediums of pain, it could evoke any of them. Not swearing is one of the hardest things I've had to do. Um, actually, Why did you stop? Because for me, it, it was like an excuse. Like it was like, there are better words I could use here, but I just, I loved it. Like I loved just being very aggressive with my swearing. <laughs> actually, when, when I first met my girlfriend, I was, in, I was like the biggest potty mouth. Like, we and were, she was like. <laughs> she, she, she was with it. Um, but over time, as I just kind of made it my mission to stop swearing, we were actually talking about it the other day, and, and um, I was like, like Crystal, I, I really don't swear anymore. She's like, it came out once, and I was like, yeah, it did. But I slipped up once, Crystal. Yeah, Come on. I, I slipped up once. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, like, I really don't swear anymore. Yeah. And it's not like I miss it, you know? Yeah. Because I, I really used to miss swearing. Like, I, <laughs> I, like I, God, I feel like I lost someone. It's <laughs> grief. <laughs> I, I was one of those people that swore the same swear word but like made it different like i would say freaky freak freak oh but, but like F-E-F-F. i like that he's not even swearing right now when he's giving this example it's like, that's like real good yeah, like yeah. you, you made it like yeah, you it's, it's made almost it almost like subconscious there's, there's like a little bit in me that's like and i'm like no what if you stub your toe so hard that your toenail comes off no i don't <gasps> i don't i don't you swore during our session like two months two weeks ago and at, at the end you're like oh I did. I did. See, I'm a bad influence on Hannah. I I never used to swear, but when her and I are around each other, it's just spewing f bombs. Like, always swear around you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Same. Same. I'm like, I podcasted with Karan. Didn't. I don't know if I swore even once. And then around Hannah, I'm just like, Good morning. It's a fucking beautiful day. <laughs> like, not even mad about anything, but I'll swear. It's so stupid. I yeah. hate it. No, I know. I'm just like, <laughs> welcome to my interview. But then I start swearing. But yeah, that's part of the um, the reason. Actually, I stopped swearing was because I started a YouTube channel. Because um, oh. I'm actually I'm a big gamer, so I was making a YouTube channel for gaming, where I would kind of have myself in the bottom right corner, like mm-hmm. reacting as I played. And I know a lot of kids like gaming, so I was like, I'm not trying to swear in front of these little kids. So even though they're probably like, mother, yo. If any if anyone listening to this played Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, those lobbies were Present. insane. Oh, I know. Insane. These these like seven year olds, you son of a like I'm like Where where are your parents? Where did you learn that? Where where'd you like, where are your parents? Whoa. Um, but anyway, so I just kinda stopped swearing for that and then it just turned into something that I put into my social media, into my podcast, into my content. I just like stopped. I feel as though it's like just a filler word. So I say like a ton. My mom listened to my latest podcast. Well, not the latest one. That would have been a bad thing. But the one before it, she listened to it and she's like, 
I just have one feedback for you. Um, <laughs> you should stop analysis. saying like. And I'm like, Ma. <laughs> and I just said it. It's so hard. And so I think swearing became that for me where yeah. I'm just, but it's only when I'm trying to be aggressive. Even if it's like, it's a fucking beautiful day. It's like, I'm not even angry. Why am I swearing? Yeah. That's so yeah. bad. It's so ugly. It's not a good look. Yeah. There's something I've learned to do in my speech in general, my speech patterns is to just like slow down and to just pause Um, because something that I used to struggle with I'd be like uh uh, 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 because like you know what I mean yeah but now like in my my recent YouTube video I noticed it because I said to myself I was speaking about course ability and I said these musculatures as opposed to saying um because um was um like well Something like such as... Or you know. Or you know. You know, you know, yeah. Things like that is yeah. just me sort of thinking in the moment. Yeah. But I've, I'm trying. I mean, I still do it, but I'm doing my best to replace thinking in the moment with just pausing. That's so good. But what do you prefer to listen to, though? Do you prefer to listen to someone that sits there and is like, Today, I <laughs> sat... On my sit bones, or do you prefer someone that's like today? I sat on my freaking sit bones, and like I, I am a crackhead, but I like to listen to fast pace speaking, or else I lose my, I lose attention. Oh, 100%. And I know that's not great, but in come in terms of podcasting, entertainment, things like that. If someone is like, and I'm not saying you are, you you speak actually like perfect pace, but I've had people like guess on my episodes where they are just thinking about everything and i'm literally like i can't even edit this like i'm getting bored i'm getting bored (laughs) even editing this i can't even edit this yeah i don't know so what do you prefer to listen to well i mean for me personally i'm i'm very much so on the calm and collected i I like someone that when they're speaking (laughs) they know what they're saying because they kind of live it there's there's not a separation between what they're saying and what they do that's so true. You can tell when someone's feeling something they're saying versus 100%. it being kind of on the surface and they're yeah. just throwing it out there. Yeah, you know? to, to kind of say what the kids say nowadays, you can tell when someone's capping. Like it, it's, capping? It's capping. Like, that's, that's cap. Is that different than no cap? I've heard no cap. No cap is the opposite. So no cap is I'm not... I'm, I'm like, not I'm, not I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I'm not lying. Capping is like... I've never heard capping. Oh, I'm a part of the cool crowd now. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna start saying Kevin. There's, I know, me too. Can you teach me more? There's um, there, there's memes where, basically on YouTube, these two guys that freestyle actually freestyle rap and they react to songs. Um, there's a big meme that goes around. And it goes, stop the cap, and then it's like stop. Ah, stop I see. I don't see these memes. Wait, do you freestyle? <laughs> no i was gonna say let's go right now warm up Mm-mm. episode warm up terrible freestyle now writing I'm, I'm a phenomenal writer i get that from my mom um really yeah yeah my mom is, is actually a poet and artist she's <gasps> she's phenomenal really yeah. what is so is that what she does professionally I, she could have she, yeah. she certainly could have um but life is life and it didn't yeah. happen but um she's amazing are you more like your mom or your dad um being perfectly honest, I don't really know my dad that well. Okay. Um. So I'm I'm like literally a spitting image of my mom. Really? Yeah. So let's dive into your mom's brain. Is she a scatterbrain or is she really practical, logical, methodical, organized? Context. Okay. So Context, um, for sure. is her office messy? 
Um, if she works in one. Well, she nowadays she's yeah. sort of a seamstress, crocheter, knitter. She on the side, excuse me, essentially her side hustle that she would love to make her main hustle is creating clothing. Oh my god! Yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's oh. amazing. Um, she could make bikinis, towels, she jackets. Should. She she made um, my my god sister's wedding dress, like. Her wedding dress. She made it. Your mom lives on the East Coast, right? So mm-hmm. she's near New York. She could infiltrate over there. Completely. You know? Yeah. But there's, I mean, again, life. Yeah. Life life is tough when you have responsibilities. I mean, me. Uh, Are you an only child? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was growing up like for you? Um, <laughs> Why do I always get into childhood trauma? No, it's, it's cool. I mean, I don't, I don't care. Um, growing up was, was different because, you know... I won't say we were like super poor, but we didn't come from a lot of money. So my mom had to sacrifice kind of being around at, at times. Um, but at the same time, she didn't. I'll kind of get into that. So she worked at night. She worked the grave shift at the post office. She's been doing that for years. And you were an only child. Yeah. So she had to start kind of leaving me alone early. I won't say the age so she don't get in trouble. But, um, you know, she kind of had to leave me alone at an early age. So I kind of had to learn to, to be resourceful, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, not that like she didn't cook or anything like that, but it was just resourceful with how I managed my time. Right. In terms of not going insane, like being alone all the time. Like yes. being in my own head, you know, yeah. things like that. that. That's been something that I've experienced for a long time. But over time, as I aged, I had to learn to fend for myself even from a traveling perspective because you know you know new york is small but it's also big yeah we lived in queens so populated and this program that i went to called prep for prep i had to travel there so i'd take the subway when i was like 10 years old oh my god so it was i was i was so little. scary i was little you know what i mean going on this this subway and there's all types of craziness happens in new york subways like there's literally an instagram called subway creatures because yeah. The New York City subway system is like its I, own world. It's like yeah. Alice in Wonderland. I sat next to a guy on the subway and looked over and he had four teardrop tattoos on him and a bag with something in it and his hands in it. And I was like, I need to get off the subway right now. <laughs> like it's it's so different when you're from a small town. Yes. I, I could imagine the culture shock for yeah. sure. There, but that's a, crazy. You took it at 10? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Started taking it at 10 and pretty much all the way through. And that's a big reason why I don't have a license or a car. Because I learned literally from 10 years old, this is how I get around. A lot of New York people don't have their licenses yeah. even at this And age. unfortunately at 28, especially with what I'm doing, I really need a license and it's bad. Are you going to get it? I am. I am. I'm working on it. <laughs> Are you taking, <laughs> do you have to take like the quizzes and stuff and have like no, driving no, hours no. logged? Thank, thank, thank goodness um, after 18, or I believe it's 21... You could literally just walk in and be, you know, hey, I want to take this test. And I'd be like, okay. Dang. But, you know, I, I still want to prepare myself because I, you know, I, the funny story about driving. So um, one of my clients in Pittsburgh, really cool guy. Um, his name is Scooter Man. His, Ooh. his real name is Scott, but we call him Scooter Man. Um, <laughs> this, this, this guy's really funny. So as an online coach, content has been something that's been the forefront of, of my business for a long time before Past I started week. working with Fulbility. So um, I used to put out emails 
sometimes two emails a week. I did that for like two years every day. Like That's good. For a long time. That's good. This man printed out every single email I've <gasps> ever written and made it a book. Because, I mean, he said to me one day, I was like, I was like, Scooter Man, why are you doing this? <laughs> and he goes, man, one day you're going to be famous. It's going to be worth a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, this man clearly sees so much in you, though. So it's such, it's such a compliment. No, he sees yeah. you going places. It, it, it was sick. I was like, hey, you know. <laughs> yeah, you run with that. It's I was fun. like, get, get your bag, Scooter Man, get your bag. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, but you are. You're going to go places. Let's go back to being alone. So, do you- <laughs> <laughs> why am I such a on, dark person? On a lighter subject. <laughs> Let's, Let's go, go back, back to-, <laughs> to being alone. Let's talk about the dark depths of your brain. Okay, my favorite topics. So, do you think being alone as a kid like that prepared you better to be alone now, or do you think it kind of alters the way that you partake in relationships like do you are you someone that's always had a relationship always been in one or are you kind of a solo man usually oh no way your relationship guy no oh i I was a lone wolf for years really yeah like relationships I i just i wasn't right up here not that i was crazy but you know there was traumas that i hadn't settled and it was bleeding into all of my relationships um my last, my ex. Can you hold your microphone closer? Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Um, my my ex girlfriend. I actually reached out to her um a little while ago, and I just thanked her. I was like, "Yo, like, thank you for showing me things that I needed to work on on myself because they were completely invisible to me. Yeah, you know, I had no idea that I had so much going on. Um, you know, I, I won't say I've had a, a super hard life because there are people who obviously have it worse than me. But, yeah, but you know, relative to what you know, it was you know, hard. Yeah, I've, I've been through some stuff, yeah. you know. Um, and, you know, sometimes waking up and crying and screaming. Like really? Nightmares. Yeah, I've had a couple friends that have passed. I've lost a lot of family, you know, like, but like everybody has. So yeah, I, but I, loss I is hard. Not everyone has. Like I didn't lose anyone until my grandparents passed away like a few years ago. So not everyone knows loss, you know, Yeah. yet, but, but at the same time, I don't like to, I don't like to present that to the, at the forefront because I don't want people to feel sorry for me or feel bad for me. Right. That's never something that I've wanted. I don't want handouts. Yeah, pity, I, I don't, it sucks. I hate pity. Yeah, me too. I hate pity. Yeah. I used to want it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to want pity because my mom, she, she sacrificed a lot. And yeah. I, have, I have everything that I, even where I am right now, this podcast, is because of her. Yeah. Because she sacrificed for me. Yeah. But do you think, you know, you brought up your past relationship, showed you things about yourself that you had to work on before, obviously getting in another one. And there's this joke that women leave men better than they find them. So then it's like when someone's, da- I mean, it's a joke, but it's like, when you start dating someone, instead of not liking their ex, you should be like, oh, thank you. You like kind of reformed them a teeny bit or refined them just a teeny bit. No, Same no, thing no. with girls, though. I mean, women, too. It's not just guys. But um, what kinds of things did you kind of realize about yourself that you had to work on? Uh, I've, I was just in a lot of pain. Yeah. What I, from? Um, loss. Uh, mistakes that I made in college. You know, just a ton of things that I learned about myself. Um, yeah. that was stemming from not having a father figure around, not learning how to really interact with women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sacrificed a lot, my boundaries. 
um, I've had many women walk all over me mm-hmm. because, and it's not something. Maybe some of them did intentionally, but some of them didn't mean to. You know, you just yeah. When yeah. When, when when you're in a relationship and the other person just kind of lets you do whatever you want, you innately lose a bit of respect for them. Not yeah. Not that they oh yeah. You accept you, the you, love you think you deserve. Exactly. Yeah. You're not like ah that person sucks. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah. treat them poorly. It, it no, but happens. subconsciously you like know that you can push a little harder and that they won't go anywhere. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It just kind of happens. It just yeah. kind of happens. So. There was things like that, and I hadn't dealt with um, one of my friends who took his own life. I hadn't dealt with that well. Ugh. I lost another friend to cancer, like things, things oh like that. Gosh. I, I hadn't, I hadn't really handled those things very well in my life, so it was just bleeding yeah. in my relationships. I had, and there's a lot of things. Um, my ex girlfriend was also white, so I, I hadn't had an, I haven't had an interracial relationship before, so I didn't know how to handle that stuff. There was, I was basically blowing things out of proportion that weren't really there. I was yeah. creating problems. Yeah. Or almost my, looking for, Yes. because you probably have experienced some adversity in that regard. And then yes. when you're dating her, you almost expect it to be, every time you walk out on the street, you expect these things to happen. So you're almost yes. like looking for them and yes. then you're going to like notice them a lot easier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The minute you buy a car, you, you know, you see it everywhere. That's so true. You know I mean? Yeah. The, the minute you you get a new pair of sneakers, it's like wow, everybody got these sneakers. You get it. Yeah. Get, you know what I mean? So yeah. th- things like that, you bring it to your forefront, and your observance is much more heightened for these types of things. So true. You start to see them and, and attract them to you. So the law of attraction is not like a if I vibrate and think about this thing, yeah. it's going to come to me. Yeah. Uh, it's just literally in my conscious. Like That's I'm so true. You seek it. out things without knowing you right, are. Right, yeah. right. So you, you just notice it more. That's yeah. all. Do you think... So, okay. I'm super passionate about men kind of dealing with their traumas that they weren't able to deal with before because nowadays it's a lot more acceptable for men to talk about their traumas or just things that have bothered them in their past. So what kinds of things did you do to become more introspective and heal yourself from those things just for any men listening? Yeah. I mean, the main thing I did was nothing at first Yeah, and I put myself in relationships that I wasn't ready for Mm -hmm. and I got hurt. Yeah. Um, We run faster from pain than we do toward pleasure so true so after i got hurt many 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 times you know <laughs> and your family is supportive they would always tell me not nah, effort it's you know yeah. her, her loss yeah she, she, she's crazy but then you're like but what if it's me <laughs> exactly yeah that's, that's what i said i said you know this doesn't make sense it's the same pattern yeah it goes well for a few months and then just uh <laughs> what is that <laughs> Seriously, we're having a great conversation. That better stop. Hello? The building literally just farted for like <laughs> 10 seconds. Can you lay off the beans? We're trying to podcast, okay? The building My just gosh. farted. <laughs> it was like, this is too serious. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, back to being alone. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, you know, after getting hurt so many times, I said to myself, you know, something's wrong here. Yeah. Motherfuckers. I said, there has to be something that I can do. So my my ex recommended that I get a therapist. And at first, I got a therapist to please her. 
Yeah. I got a therapist who's like, oh, you know, I... If I get a therapist, maybe she'll want to be with me. Men are fixers too, I notice. So when they see a problem, they're so logical. They're like, oh, if this fixes it, I'm going to do this. Instead of looking at the process as something that's a process instead of like an an outcome. You know what I mean? So yes. therapy is something that is a process. It never really ends. It's kind of just always working to better yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I did therapy every week for a year. That's awesome. It was amazing. That's so good. I highly recommend therapy for everybody out there. Yeah. Men, women, non-gender, don't matter. Yeah. We, we all need it. Yeah, we all for sure. It. That's sort of what catalyzed my growth as a person. Uh, yeah. Obviously as a man, but also as a person. Did you ever struggle with mental health issues? Big time. Like anxiety, depression? I mean, I, I don't I don't know if I had anxiety and depression as a kid, but you know, I've I've contemplated doing yeah. bad things to myself yeah self-harm yeah things like that yeah. you know i got really close but uh, it didn't happen but and this was during um your early 20s no this is actually when i was a kid when i was oh, probably wow. like between 10 and 13 was some of the hardest years because I, I had a lot of loss during that time oh. so that's that's when i really thought about stuff like that but did you feel like the pain was stemmed mostly from loss or loneliness both yeah. I felt lost and I didn't I feel like I didn't really have anyone to talk to besides my mom. Yeah. And that's hard when when you put all that in one person and exactly. they can't always be there. It's exactly. like the most lonely, painful feeling. Yes. And part of it was I felt bad for overloading her because I was already like, yo, like you're all I got. Yeah. And I'm all you got. Yeah. And that puts pressure on her. But I mean you were a kid too. It's interesting because the number one cause of mortality isn't cancer isn't heart disease it's loneliness and so I this past year moving here and being alone and working alone every day I've never felt that kind of loneliness before until now and it's it's almost beautiful in a way though because you have to grow from it and you have to learn how to be okay with being alone yeah that's so it's one of the hardest things it is it's and it's it's so weird how you can feel it impact you on such a physical level. Um, and it's also the kind of loneliness where you can be in a sea of people, but you still feel so alone. Yes. If you don't have that really good connection with someone else, like an intimate connection. Just because you're in a room of people doesn't mean you're with people. No. Yeah. Like you, you, you can be in a large room and still feel like there's no one there. Yeah, for sure. It's one of the hardest things to understand about yeah. human interaction. Yeah. Because like you said, if there's no connection, it's like they're not even there. Yeah. It's it's interesting because when I'm, I never thought this to be true until now, but when I'm out in nature where I grew up and I'm literally away from my phone and it's just me out in the fields, I feel the least alone. And then if I'm in a big city, I thought that would make me feel less alone, but it makes me feel more alone. So I think nature is so big. It's just so grounding. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel amazing when I put my phone down and I just walk. Yeah. And I listen to the birds. I hear the, the stream of the water. I hear just life. Yeah. Wildlife, nature, trees blowing in the wind, the crunch under my feet from stepping on branches and yeah. grass. It's just there's something about it that's very calming. Yeah. And I, to segue into flowability a bit. Yeah. I was going to just do that. Flowability gives me that same reaction. Yeah. Of just calmness. It's just so grounding. I think in our last podcast, I mentioned this, but someone asked me, what is the biggest feeling that you have from flowability? Like what, what, what's changed the most? 
I just feel calm. Yeah. I feel at peace we with myself. We all need that so badly. It's it... seriously. No, you can't talk about flability. <laughs> yeah, they're like, stop. No, no, no. Jesus Christ. I know. Shut up. Okay. Um, there's that um again. I know. So it's still good. It's interesting because, like you said, in nature, you just you just feel at peace. After a good flow session, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. That's great. I feel good. You know? Yeah. I come from, and we talked about this in our last podcast, my training background before flowability and even my previous mobility training modalities was just, just get busy. Yeah. You know, burn yourself out, grind yourself to the ground, sweat a crap ton. Yeah. And then, and then, you Drain know, your adrenal glands. Yeah, completely. And, and then, yeah, you had Bust a good workout. Bust up your CNS. <laughs> you did great. You did Feel great. Feel taxed the rest of the day. If you can't walk when you leave the gym, you did a good job. Right. You want to be like shaking was, and sore. <laughs> Not. That, that was my metric for, for, for progression, for progress, for any type of goodness that could come yeah. from physical activity. Yeah. Flability revolutionized how I look at physical activity. Yeah. Because the original purpose of training and exercise is to do more physical yes. activity, not yes. less. Restore. Yes. Restoration. But it's somehow transformed. And, it, and that transformation of the intention of exercise has bled into how coaches are trained to train clients not obviously all right but the typical person just wants to get they want to get banged out right and if and i've gone to classes <laughs> they just want to get like hey yo 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 like i don't want to be walking when i'm out here yeah. no it's seriously true i've gone to classes before i leave and i'm like that wasn't hard like i'm not sweating i'm not dying i'm not out of breath and i get pissed and it's like that's not good why, why am I such a masochist? Why do I want to be in pain? You know? That's even like when, when Jordan and I were, were going up in the mountains driving, there was people biking. I'm like, yo. They want to feel pain. But, but I think because I always struggled with anxiety. So for me, doing those kind of exercises, just punishing my body almost. It's like sad to think about. But I mean, if, if I'm leaving it feeling really tired and like you know, I am punishing my body in a way and taxing myself so much, but it was so that I would feel that instead of anxiety. So it's like, what are we trying to feel less of? We're, tr- we're obviously working out like that to feel less of something. 100%. You know what I mean? So the, the people that are up at 4am and going and literally killing their bodies fasted and then not eating until 2pm, like you're, you're purposely doing that to distract yourself from something bigger or to not feel something. And that goes back to the mental aspect. Exactly. And what are you doing to deal with some of these adversities you're facing in your own space, your own yeah. mind? And most people, including myself, when I say most people, I'm not perfect. I'm doing this as well, but it's easier to distract than it is to deal with. Completely. Because yeah. facing your own demons is one of the scariest things that you'll ever experience. Yeah. I want to tell you a story about therapy real quick. So... My therapist is amazing. Her name's Amy. Oh, Amy. A- Amy and I experimented with something called EMDR. <gasps> I'm going to try that. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing. Good. It's, I never really believed in the, any type of hip, hypnotic therapy because I always thought it was hogwash nonsense. Like, you're not going to hypnotize me. What are you going to do? Snap your fingers? And no, I go, know. It sounds crazy, but I've heard it's so effective. It's so effective. Yeah. I was literally convulsing by the end of it. But, oh, my God. But anyway, 
So essentially what she does, because, and it takes time. You can't just do it on day one because the therapist has to kind of know who you are, know your traumas, know what to talk about and where it comes from. So after a year and a half of working with her, we experimented with an EMDR. Essentially, it was just... Really? She would play a tone. No way. Like, like a thing over and over again. And then she would say, all right, Corona, start thinking about this. Really focus on that. Oh my gosh. Really focus on that. She wanted me to bring all my traumas oh my gosh. to the front of my brain. I'm already thinking about puking. And, and, and just facing them. Literally over and over. Like I'm, I'm just going to keep doing this. Yeah. And, and she would say, okay, how does that make you feel? Where did these come from? Just doing this. Well, you can right now. The the tension in the room is heightened just because. No, I'm I know. Doing, I feel like I'm sweating. You know what I mean? Like it's it yeah. just. But when I was really in it, I was crying. I was shaking. I was banging the ground. My body was. I lost control of my body. Subconscious, though, we don't. Ta- it's how you tap into that. I, I can't explain that. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, you know, I can explain that." Detail. Yeah. I don't know what the freak happened. Yeah. I, was, I was just shaking around like a crazy person, You're like a rag doll. <laughs> yeah, I was possessed. A, I was. A, I was. It felt like I was possessed by my demons. That's I mean, crazy. Um, at the height of it, it felt like I'd been thrown in a well, chained to the bottom, and my demons were looking at me and <gasps> laughing. That's oh that's what it felt like. It was pain. But you have to hit rock bottom to go up. 100%. Yeah. Right after, I felt euphoria. Wow. And I felt... I could see the light coming through the windows. I could see the dust particles at such a heightened... and I can't even explain. It's like before I was in 720 and I went to 4K. It's so insane. It was insane. I could smell... I could smell things better. I could food taste better. Everything was just better. That's insane. I need to do this so badly. It was wild. It was wild. And... <sighs> It was an hour, time, relativity, right? It was an hour, but it felt like five minutes. Five minutes? I thought you were going to say it felt like five days. No, it felt like five what? minutes. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting because my dad, my therapist, and everyone that's always tried to help me with my anxiety and my past trauma, they always say, you have to put yourself back into that trauma. And I know it's scary, but you have to face it and show yourself that you will survive out of it. And then you won't keep looking at it as this um fight or flight like i'm about to die kind of experience yeah so that's kind of probably what it felt like like you faced it head on and you had to fight through it and you looked back and you're like okay i survived that and therefore this isn't a threat anymore exactly exactly the hardest thing though to do is to face it initially yeah oh it's so scary some people are using um i heard they're experimenting with mdma yep and other forms of like recreational drugs in order to get people into that state. Yeah, the, the, the psychedelics so have uh, pretty profound impacts on PTSD yeah. uh, patients as well. I mean, I don't, I don't know the research. I can't throw numbers at you, but I've, I've seen anecdotal uh, yeah. recollections of uh, recreational use of psychedelics, and it seems to have profound impact. But yeah. again, to bring it back to mobility, there's a certain level of... of emotional and mental stability that come from prolonged you know you could say use of the practice or engagement of the practice yeah because of what we're doing at the center it's impacting everything i mean the spinal cord is is the telephone that relays the signaling from the command center that is the brain yeah if that telephone cord is is crushed yeah like what what happens to the signal? Yeah. It's either not being sent or it's not being received. Yeah. So there's there's 
all types of different implications. I can't sit here and tell you all of them. Right. But the innervations in the spinal cord, yes, they're different left versus right, but they're still innervating. They're still sig- sending signaling to all types of tissue, organ, muscles, glands, all types of things that require literally 24-7 feedback in some cases. Millions and billions of transactions, you could call them, between the neurons being sent and received, whether it's electrical or chemical. The responses that are happening and the initiations are a 24-7 job. Right. But if that job is being inhibited by literal blockage via compression, what is that doing? Right. How does that... What? How does that disturb the ecosystem that is our body? How does that, as Jordan tells me, how does that disturb the garden? If you can't, mm. if the garden isn't being watered in certain parts, like what's going to happen? You know, it's, yeah. it's things start to happen that you don't even know why. And, yeah. And, and we start to look at the smoke, and that's again about pain. People ask me all the time about pain, like how do I get out of pain? Chronic pain is something that's incredibly complex, and we can't describe that in a podcast. The research, especially because you can't test it. You yeah, can't, the research you can't doesn't know. Give someone a blood test and be like, "Oh yeah, your chronic pain level is a 10. Like you, you can't quantify it. You can't quantify it because it's all subjective. Yeah, everyone experiences absolutely. it differently. And here's something that's also interesting: the, the nervous system receives pain in the exact same way, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, psychological. It doesn't matter. It doesn't know the difference. It yeah. receives it as one thing: yeah. a threat. Yeah. So if the, if the nervous system is receiving some type of threat from any of these mediums of pain, it could evoke any of them. Yeah, your, that's your, so true. Your emotional pain from losing a love, from like breaking up from someone can yeah. cause you physical and the physical can lead to, you know what I mean? Well, so, for sure. Depression, people often experience extreme fatigue, extreme joint pain, extreme aches and pains everywhere. So, I mean, that's clearly a correlation. It's all related. Yeah. Yeah, it all comes down to the pathways, I think. And if you think about roads, you can't get to the grocery store to buy food to feed yourself if the road is blocked. And it's the same thing with... (laughs) Really? (laughs) Who that? Shut up, please. (laughs) She's not having a good day. No, she's not. (laughs) She's not having a good Uh, day at all. (laughs) No, it's it's annoying. But no, so... It's funny to republish. No, I know it will. (laughs) But... What I was saying was. <laughs> what I was saying was. What I was saying was. Shut up. Okay. No. Um. So with things like depression, one of the major causes of depression is lack of blood flow to the brain because the blood carries nutrients to help the brain. Our brain right. is a huge organ that needs nutrients more than a lot of organs because it's doing so much. It's the powerhouse. So when blood flow gets restricted. Interesting connection. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Keep going. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. I guess it's such a similar thing, right? If the pathway, if the road, if you will, is blocked, how can we get these important nutrients? How can we get the blood flow up there? Literally, and I notice it too with myself, if I sit all day at my desk and work and I don't get up everyone, like I will just get so unmotivated. I get tired. I get depressed feeling almost. And I I thought something was wrong with me. And then I learned about this blood flow part and we need to keep the roadways open, the pathways open. Same thing with the neurons and the spinal cord. We need to keep it open. And if it's kinked blocked cut off so many important nutrients so many important like neural feedbacks aren't going to be able to get through so what were you going to say about the blood flow thing so i was going to speak about the metabolic rate of organs um which is really interesting i've been doing some research on caloric expenditure and resting energy expenditure because 
before flability, I was a fat, fat loss coach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, calorie balance was something that I put a lot of time into learning about and, you know, reverse dieting and, you know, phasing someone in, phasing out, learning how to actually track maintenance, you know, surplus, uh, and obviously a deficit of calories. But something that's interesting in my research, uh, and a lot of these papers quote a paper from 1992, I forgot who the, the author is, but essentially... An, an equation was created to approximate the amount of calories or, you know, cacao mm -hmm. that a certain organ burns based upon how heavy it is or the weight of it per day. Wow. And what's interesting, I don't, I can't remember the exact number, but it's a very large percentage of our resting energy expenditure. After oh, it's 20% that our brain uses at least. Yeah. So yeah. the combination of the liver, the brain, the kidneys... And our, and our other organs is like 60 to something percent. It's insane. Right. Your it's resting high. metabolic rate is like so much of your calories. Like so much, honestly. Probably yeah. most of my calories. Yeah. yeah. So the, the organs themselves actually burn a lot. And the metabolic rate of them burn a lot. But something that's also interesting is that's not like a conscious thing. Yeah. In the sense of when we're deeply concentrated on something that requires our heightened focus, the metabolic rate of the brain only increases something like one percent wow. so it's there's there's other things that are happening at an unconscious level yeah there's programming if you will yeah and how the body manages itself that is impacting that resting energy expenditure potentially i can't right. say for sure i don't know the numbers or anything like that i'm researching I'm trying yeah to learn. I, right because it's all you know, theoretical yeah it's, yeah it's really interesting because you think of like a couch potato how does the average American's couch potato compare to someone who's, you know, four years, five years, six years into flowability? Like, we're, we're changing how the body is resting, what's managing that resting, you know, position or posture. Because yeah. positions are everything. You can't, right now. We're, we're always in positions. Exactly. <laughs> you can't not be in a position. We're always in positions. Yeah. What's, what, what muscles are holding the bones in place to manage and transfer from position to position? Because so the true. bones don't move. Yeah, they should. Your pelvis doesn't actually move. It's being yeah. moved yeah. by certain by muscles and tissue. So that it's 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 interesting. Like yeah. what 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 is actually moving these things? What's actually managing them in space? Yeah, and, and if like, our muscles are weak, they're probably going to burn less calories to move our bodies. Yeah, and maybe. It's, and it's like if a muscle isn't moving through a certain range of motion, like if it's, if it's only doing this versus this, exactly. How yeah. does that change the metabolic rate of that muscle over, over right, time? Right. Because the, the skeletal muscle, you know, comparative to the organs doesn't actually burn that many calories. Like compared to like, if you took an organ and, a, and like a, some skeletal muscle, it's not, it's nowhere close. Mm -hmm. It's obviously the collection of skeletal muscle that is going to, increase by some not, not yeah a lot. It's, not, yeah. it's not a huge amount yeah but over time it does it does add up yeah um but those muscles actually have to be moving right they have to be going through ranges of motion and actually doing things yeah um from what i've learned the flexibility i know that my my hamstrings didn't really move yeah i know that my glutes were sort of stuck in and we all think they are yeah that, we that, all think we're training them by leaning into our heels yes yeah. and you know the ribs don't move there's a bunch of m muscles in between the ribs mm -hmm. there's 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 the posterior chain of the trunk which is right. you know your lats and your rhomboids and all these muscles are either doing this they're like oh my god yeah, or they're holding like, on for dear life, yeah. or they're doing nothing. Or they're doing nothing. <laughs> they're just kind of stuck. Yeah. So 
part of it is like, hey, if I actually revitalize the biggest, the three biggest muscle groups in my body, the glute complex, the hamstrings, and the lats, how does that impact metabolic rate at a resting position? Don't, I mean... I mean, we don't know we don't with know. evidence, but... <laughs> we don't know, but it seems... Seems like it's going up. It seems like it's going up. Because <laughs> those are the biggest muscle groups. Those are the and biggest muscles. And if they're muscles. working more by logic... Yeah, I mean, ding, but, ding. but they're not moving. You know, yeah. they're not moving on a lot of people. That's and so true. Like, when I work out with flowability, I, I always thought it was the workout that burned the calories, but I honestly think it's the things that are happening after in my body. Even after I wake up after a night of sleep, sometimes I'll wake up on my stomach and my psoas will be like so sore. And I'm like, okay, something was going on in my sleep. Or like I'll wake up walking differently than I did the day before. So I'm like, I, I clearly wasn't sleeping in what I thought was a good position, but something was going on in the background and reprogramming. If I'm waking up and walking Hot, like straight or higher carrying my head higher there's something that's happening in the yeah. background S- something is happening you know i yeah and people ask me i sound crazy no no yeah, yeah. i mean we, we sound absolutely insane when we talk about <laughs> what we talk about on social media i'm i'm not i'm not stupid i, yeah. I know that i, sound I know like a that crazy like people person. are like you look like you're having an exorcism I'm yeah like, i know it's when i used to freaking do puppy pose and stick my butt out on the camera <laughs> i get it I know it's weird. I'm not. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not an idiot, but yeah. you know, it feels freaking good. No, it does so feel good. Especially when I'm at the gym. It, when I'm at the gym and I'm trying to lengthen my neck as long as I can, and my neck is my head shaking back and forth because I'm lengthening my neck. I yeah. probably literally look like I am. I don't a creature. I don't even know, but it's fine because it feels good, and I'm standing taller than all of y'all. So, but the thing is, like. <laughs> People obsess over what we're doing as adults, but forget what we did as babies. As babies, we all did something like this. Well, we didn't do enough of it. <laughs> well, yeah, but at, at yeah. some point in our in our development process as children, the natural progression of you know biomechanics, movement, stability, developing you know postural muscles. There's literally muscles that are specifically for posture, yeah. but posture isn't important for some reason. Um, <laughs> you know the. These, these muscles are important for developing our stability for as sure. babies because we got this big old head. Yeah. You, know, you can't just... This thing is heavy. It's like, heavy. it's super heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah. But, um, you know, all of that is just missing. Yeah. In, 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 in literature... Well, not literature. Excuse me. I shouldn't say that. It's missing in social media. There, there's, there's very few people that are talking about it from that perspective. It's because it's, like, it's not sexy. It's not sexy. It's not sexy to be actually internally healthy. It's sexy to be... External. Have six packs and, yeah. and stuff like that. And I, you know, I get it. I get it. And I, I don't, I'm not separating... You know, like you said earlier with um, what we were talking about with uh, distractions and mental health. Mm-hmm. I'm not separating myself by any means. Me either. I'm guilty as charged. Before flowability, I had no idea what any of this was. Yeah. You know, I, I was telling people to deadlift, weight in the heels, you know, smash your lower back into the ground. I did it all. It's just, that's the lack of communication though. That's why social media, it's it's easy to think that that's health. It's easy to think that's fitness and, and longevity just to become stronger. But we don't realize that strength has nothing to do with the weight we're picking up it has to do with how we can move our bodies in space if a million people told a million people just giant group of people were saying two plus two is five and you said two plus two is four you look crazy exactly you look absolutely that's, that's crazy. such a great analogy because that's exactly what's happening you look you, you look like a moron right but doesn't mean you're wrong yeah. It doesn't, no, mean, it doesn't mean you're wrong. It's it, literally like the whole shoulders back thing. I've been in a couple photo shoots the past few weeks 
And now I'm learning to have my shoulders forward more as I'm becoming more extended and everything. And I can't tell you how many times the photographer is like, okay, now stand with your shoulders more back, back, back. And I'm just like, no, that's not possible. I'm like, that's going to make my waist bigger. No, no. The, the thing about it is that it's, it's not that shoulders back is a bad position. Yeah. It's just that we don't have the capacity to actually express it the way we think we are. Right. That, well, that, that's that, the that, thing is right now I'm not there to do that yet. Right. But, but people think that that position is like how we get to where we want right. to get to. Yeah. You, you, you can't lengthen with extension. Yeah. Like, meaning you can't pull your shoulders back and pull your chest up and then you're getting longer. Yeah. You're, 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 getting you're just smaller. crunching the lower back. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're getting smaller. Yeah. It, it, it's a process. Like there's no innately bad position unless you're doing some craziness where, you know, you're like contorting your body and, <laughs> and like, you know, contortion is, is, is sort yeah. of the, the, the extreme. Hypermobility. Yeah. But... There's no position that's bad. It's just right. about what what's managing. That goes back to our earlier conversation. Yeah. We're in positions all day, but what muscles are managing it? You're either sitting in your lower back or you're sitting in your hips. It's so true. It's that simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so and, it's hidden in plain sight. And it's not that these are bad things. Like it's not bad. Yeah. To just sit like in food. Your lower back. Right. Like you're gonna adapt, you're gonna be okay, but mm-hmm. There's just a higher level of living that's yeah. possible when you actually yeah. learn how to revitalize your hips and decompress the spine. Well, that's why this, I feel like, isn't for everyone because not everyone is curious and wants to maximize their mobility, their health, their longevity. Um, I think some people do want that, but they don't necessarily want to put in... It's hard work. Like, I'm not even going to lie. It is such hard work. It's such a different way of working out, too. I, I'm i not going to lie and be like, oh, I don't miss weightlifting at all. Some days I do miss it. But I also know that the gains coming from it are so much better than that stuff that I was doing in between for a quick hit of satisfaction. If, if I could make, I mean, I can. I know how. If I could make 10 pounds for like 300, I'd never get another complaint. I'd never get another complaint. If I walk up to someone and, and you know, we, we train, we teach, we, we work, and they feel what 10 pounds using your hips, your core, and so going hard. forward feels like. So hard. They're, they're, ne- they're, they're never going to freaking worry about that. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of things, in my, in my opinion, that, that come with weightlifting. Um, there's an excitement of it. People use it for de-stressing. There's a there's chasing this number. Ego, this is yeah. Ego for sure. You know, when I was trying to lift heavy, you know, I I couldn't I could barely even do three three fifteen um, deadlift off the ground. But I was like, hey, my back didn't move that much. I you know I got it. Right. But, We're willing to sacrifice some of our health to get to those higher numbers. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't. You know, I, everybody has their has their day, and everybody is is going to do it at their own pace. Yeah. Um. By no means am I trying to be like, you have to do it this way. Like, right. This is how you're supposed to do it. And that's why you can't sell this in the same way that you can sell certain other things. It's really hard. You yeah. know, I'm I'm trying my best. I'm trying to explain what I'm doing and why I feel so good, why my clients feel so good, why the community feels so good. But you know, it, it's hard. It's because. With other things, you can see the difference. You can see how something makes someone become, but this you have to feel. And that's, you can't translate that to an Instagram video. You can't translate that to a post and a written text. It's something you almost just have to feel yourself. And that's why it's so much harder to sell it or promote it because at the end of the day, it's health is what we feel inside, you know? I agree. But at the same time, 
you watch a good movie, you get a good feeling. Like you watch, that's true. Yeah, you, you watch you watch a movie, listen to a song, and it cha- it could change your whole day. Yeah, you know what I mean, like the the feeling itself can be evoked from a digital and visual perspective. It's Maybe just, yeah. There's there's just certain variables that um, we don't know how to, or at least I don't know how to correctly utilize just yet to create and evoke that feeling. Yeah, like you you see some of these Instagram accounts. Where they have professional video, you know, the slow-mos, the music, whatever it may be. Something about it just makes you go, oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I want to keep watching this and I want to go do something now. Yeah, you, you feel inspired. Like, you watch, exactly. You watch mm-hmm. something like Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. You're like, dang, like, okay, well, like, I'm going to go do something. Like, yeah. Like, or, yeah. or you watch a movie like Soul or you watch, you watch I don't care what it is. Like, yeah, you know, it's inspiring. You, it makes you feel like energetic and excited and but it's harder when something like you it's hard to make this look sexy but it feels so good like it just it's so hard to translate that yeah it is it is you know and i i'm i i wish i could just like teleport how you feel to someone else and just be like Yo, just 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 hold on to this just trust yeah i'm just like after work i'm like yo just feel this feel this yeah and they're like okay yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, exactly. I, I wish i could do that but it's 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 just not the reality at the moment yeah but i think the future is is gonna be interesting mm-hmm. because a lot of things are happening and i'm feeling better every day my body's feeling better every day i've, I've it's, it's like hard to describe it's it's that yeah. like seven, that's what i'm saying you it, have to it, feel it it's that 720 to 4k yeah but like the 4k is now how i'm moving yeah like i was it's and again it's not that 720 is bad you know in, in it's 20, just that you don't know that there could be even better right if you don't feel it first you don't know if you don't experience like it if you've ne- like you yeah know, you know what i mean like you can't you don't know you don't you yeah don't, you don't and, and this is a, a big reason like a lot of people ask me is this better than that? Should I do this? What's the difference between this and that? Like, yo, I'm, I'm not here to make those decisions for you. I think people want, people have a hard time making decisions, myself included. So sometimes you want an external source to validate a decision for you. 100%. So they want you to like direct them. They want that like external third party to tell you what to do. So I can see how they seek that with you. But that's hard because you know from experience that it takes more than you just saying, do this. Yeah. They have to want it. They have to want it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I could scream at you till I literally die. Like, <laughs> you're, you're not gonna do it if you don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't force a, a horse. You can't force. You can't a horse that doesn't know it's thirsty to drink water. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't. Like, you can't. No. You can't. You, you can't force someone who, who, who's never seen something to see it. Like. There's, there's things that are higher than just like a hey, go do it. Like this. A, yeah, and this might be. A little too far for an example but I've had people that I've loved in toxic relationships and they and then they date someone after and it's a little better but it's not by any means a healthy relationship so to them they're like no this is this is so much better than my ex this is like I feel so much better than that but I'm like but you have no idea how good you can feel like you can feel better than that you can feel this optimal level of health or, or like another level of health and, and so it's really hard to know what that next level is when you're, you know, oh, this is relative to what I know. This is, this is good. Yeah. So it's kind of similar with fullbility. I didn't think that 
I thought my working out routine, I felt good. But now I'm like, damn, I feel way better. You know? Yeah. So like that's a big thing. Um, A lot of people are convinced that to do flability, they have to give up everything they love. You know, Mm -hmm. I can't lift anymore. I I can't do my stair workouts. I can't do my hit workouts. Like I can't do anything I'm doing. Absolutely not. You can just add flow into it. Just, all those yeah. things are just going to It's still going to help. Yeah. It's, it's, it, all those things are going to feel better because we're attacking the, 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 the central dysfunction that yeah. everyone you know, everyone I know has. You know? Yeah. It, it's, it's so it's, true. So it's, so it's not like, and, and that's another thing, like just because you're doing flow and doing something else doesn't mean you're not going to get better. Yeah. People are like, oh, should I stop lifting weights because it's counterproductive? No, do what you want to do. Really? It's not counterproductive. To, to the point where, like, if I'm doing flowability before I do something, like, intense, it's going to be better. That's true. It's going to be better. Yeah. It's going to be better no matter what. It's yeah, you're going to use the bigger muscle groups. It's going to be... Yeah. There's going to be a heightened level of activity in yeah. those musculatures that were getting no attention before. Yeah. Like, it, even going zero to 20, zero to 15 is infinitely better than zero. That's so true. You know what I'm saying? Any little bit is Any better. Any little bit is going to yeah. help. Yeah. So it's not like you have to dedicate your life, soul, and yeah, fortitude to flow. Like, yeah. There's, there's there's levels to it, and there's, and there's yeah. different things that people will want. So, Look at it as your rehabilitation, your warm-up, yeah, your you're, you're, everything, you're, your, your restoration. Rehab. Yeah. Your prehab and rehab. Your prehab, post, I love free, that. Whatever, whatever. It's all, <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's yeah. all going to help. It's all going to help. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people who, who don't know what they want. And they'll come to me and ask that question. And I'll say, well, what do you want? They know. They just yeah. want you to tell them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know, what do you want? What do you want? You, mm-hmm. you want to you lift weights? You want to improve your posture? You want to you do this? You want to do that? And I say, hey, I'm going to show you the path. It's your choice. I'm not going to make the choice for you. I'm not going to tell you not to lift weights. I'm not going to tell you. I've, yeah. I've never told someone, no, nah, you shouldn't lift weights. Bad. I was just lifting weights on my page like a few months ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's rel- it's relative. It's relative. It's yeah. all about the intentions, what you're trying to do, what process you're in, like what actually matters to you. And what makes you feel good? Because for yeah. me, I, yeah, I missed weightlifting and then I went back and tried to do some of the things I was doing. And I was like, after knowing how I felt doing the flowability movements, then feeling how I felt lifting a weight, I felt things in my back and I'm like oh I just I don't know why I thought this felt good before like this doesn't feel right so I think it just personally depends too on how it makes you feel I started realizing weightlifting doesn't make me feel as good It, it just makes me feel taxed it doesn't make my joints feel good so I'm like Okay, like duly noted. I'm just gonna yeah. do the things that do make me feel good. Yeah, and you know, sometimes you gotta take a break. Yeah, you, you take a break and go back and you feel way better. Yeah, I, I you know <laughs> It's it's funny because some of the the comments and questions I get, especially on TikTok, is just hilarious. <laughs> but um, a lot of people ask me, you know, how'd you grow your glutes? I didn't lift a single weight for a year. They were like, They're like, how'd you how'd you grow your glutes? Ass shots. Just yeah, kidding. yeah. I just I got surgery. So, <laughs> but the moment that I I, I did weight lift, um, you know, up in the mountains felt better than it's ever felt in my life. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I did miss this. Wow. But now it actually, I can actually like go to where I'm trying to go. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, Steph, I, I did, I was trying to build my legs and my glutes for years. Yeah. I, I did f- 
leg day four yeah you said that week. that's crazy you know what i mean yeah. I, I was doing hip thrusts all the time i was doing high reps low reps cns stress where i was doing one to three reps as much as i you know it was, it, nothing worked yeah because it was all going to the same place the lower trunk my middle <laughs> yeah yeah my middle yeah you can't have both no you can't you can't do both no. and that's the thing is like i can barely like it's hard for me to squat and hinge in flowability's terms like correctly so when i put a weight in my hands i can barely do that without weight so when i put a weight in i'm like wow even 10 pounds like you were saying earlier is so much harder now knowing the technique that i want to have when i'm actually doing it it's here's, so much harder here, here's the the logical gap that i want to close so if i'm telling you that when you lift weights it goes to one area for most of us the middle mm -hmm. right if I get this to stabilize and I can actually use my hips, what do you think that's going to do when you lift weights? It's going to make it better. Yeah. So if I can keep this closed and actually target what I want, then everything we, we know about hypertrophy, all that stuff is going to apply. Yeah, that's true. The sets, reps, progression, overload. Great. Just add the core. Yeah. Good. None of that science is wrong. It's just how we're lifting weights. Add the core. Yeah. We add the core. We all think we have it because we have these six packs. Like mine was useless. Like I thought it was so strong and it's not. Yeah, I mean, it just, you add the deep core, the intrinsic core, that stability and everything changes. Yeah. You, you realize what capacities you actually have, but at the same time, you realize what you can be, what you can actually get. If you actually use your hips, they're going to grow. Yeah, that's so true. Top butt's going to grow. Your yeah. Glute, your, your glute max. Who doesn't that. want that? Yeah. You're, you're going to get the glutes. You're going to get the small waist. Yeah. You're going to get the lats. You're going to get all these things. It's just a process. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just a process. And then there's some point where you can kind of choose where you want to go. Mm. It's not like you have to. And here's another thing that, that um, I want to clear up. It's not like we're telling people to be robots all day. Yeah. And and, and, and posture up. All yeah. Time. Not at all. We want this to become subconscious. The, the, there is a point where you don't want to have to think about that. You yeah. Know, that, that's that. That's one of the biggest things. Like when I see Jordan move and chill and just relax and he's just like in it and not even thinking about it. I'm like, dang. Like that, I know. He's sitting on the couch eating and he's just like. That's I'm wild. Like, well, how are you? Wild. How are that's you? Wild. How do you have good posture? But he does. But it's so weird. Science says that's not possible. I know. But he's he's literally doing. He walks. He lives it. He owns that's it. That's the thing, though. Science is always changing, updating. Changing. Like we don't know anything. What we know now is going to be so different in thirty years. Everything changes. So it's just. We can't rely solely on historics. We have to just keep going with the change. Just be open-minded. Yeah. Just try it. Yeah. Someone says, hey, is FRC better than flow? I don't know. Try it. Try it. Just try it. You only know. You can feel it. Yeah, you'll, you'll know. Yeah. Just, just try it. Yeah. Is, is it better than this? Is it better than that? Should I do this over that? Should I do this then that? Try it. Try it. Just try it. Free no, I know. That's so, it's so, it's like one of those things like we were talking about. You just can't push it on people. You have to just feel it and do it for yourself and you have to want to do it. And you can't make that decision for anyone else as a coach. They, it's the same thing with even conventional, you know, weightlifting coaches, anything like that. You can only do so much as a coach. You can't yeah. get inside your trainee's head and make them want something. It's just not possible. Like yeah. they have to want that so bad. Yeah. Um, so here's a question for you. What's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself since doing flowability? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
podcaster becomes the podcast. This is hard. I feel like I've learned a lot. Okay, aside from all the science behind how the body works, how how I thought all these old weightlifting techniques were going to get me a bigger butt, besides all that stuff being totally kind of rebuttaled and me changing my mind on that, um, I would say I learned that I can meditate while working out. And I used to think I was doing that by just going and throwing a bunch of weight around until I was tired. But now I sit in something and I, when I first started, I would do something for five seconds and it would start burning. And I'm like, all right, till failure. <laughs> and, now, and now I'm like, wait, I have so much more capacity. If I just like sit and actually breathe in this, like just sit in it and make it more meditative instead of having to be so explosive all the time, I realize how much more I can push myself and how much longer I can go. It's incredible. I used to do something for five seconds. Now for minutes, I put my timer on for like seven minutes and I just sit there. And it's like, I never thought I could do that. So you just, you push your boundaries by your mind. It's not like I, I mean, I did physically get stronger, right? right? But I also just allowed myself to sit in something and that can relate to any kind of mental illness, any kind of mental health issue, like sometimes you have to just sit in it. It's You want to run. You want to be distracted. I, I almost, I used to sit and grab my phone when I was holding a power cat and be like scrolling on Instagram because I, I wanted to get outside of the pain or, or outside discomfort, I should say, um, because it, sometimes it gets hard and I'm shaking. But what I realized is it's just so, it feels so good and nothing feels better than sitting in something than running from it. Yep. Yeah. You, you, you gain a level of trust in yourself. Yeah. Um, this is very sad to talk about, but <laughs> a lot of people that I uh, have interacted with and even some of the clients that I've worked with, work with, they don't trust their bodies. Yeah. People don't trust the skin that they walk in. They don't know how to use the thing that they walk in. They don't so understand sad. how to yeah. use the thing they walk in and they're afraid to do everyday tasks, everyday tasks, picking up their kids, bending over, reaching for things like a, the can of beans in the, in the cupboard. Yeah. Because they're afraid they're going to hurt themselves. But do you want to know what I think could feed into that, sadly, that no, they sure. might not be able to help? I mean, that all of us aren't as consciously aware of is we are taught that convention and i'm not against conventional medicine for like i'm not an anti-vaxxer against conventional whatever but like we are taught that there can be a pill for anything we are taught that something external can fix something internal with us and we forget that we are designed in such a complex beautiful way and our bodies are meant to heal themselves they are meant to work in a certain way and i don't know if anyone believes in god but whatever put us on this earth we are created in such a beautiful way to work perfectly and we have to put more trust into our bodies to do that and not feel like we always need an external thing to fix us there's a, a lot that we could get into on medicine i know <laughs> i know part three because i'm so passionate about that um <laughs> the amount of people that, that i've worked with that have said they've seen seven doctors 20 chiros three the best pt in this state the best you know, massage therapists for in all the land, like, you know, pomps and circumstance when they yeah. come into the office. No relief. No relief. Didn't change a thing, you know? And they're actually, they're not just walking. That, that's the thing about, about a lot of these. Okay. The standard <laughs> of living has decreased. Right. It's like, 
if I went from unable to sit, you know, walk around, get the can of beans, to being able to do those stuff, oh my gosh! Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. What about living your life? There's certain levels of acceptance. There's certain boundaries that most, some people believe that they'll never breach. I cannot tell you the amount of times I've heard, I'll never run again. I'll, I'll, I'll never be able to do these things again because it hurts. What do you think they're doing now? Those exact things. So beautiful. You know what I'm saying? They're they don't, skateboarding, They don't know that basketball. their bodies are capable of so much. The body is very powerful. It's so Ju- powerful. Just the way the body has reformed itself to, a, to adapt to some of the... the, the backward energy you know the sort of how we veered off from the from the natural progression of child development everything blue light cell phones radiation everything we can go the other way yeah it's it's reversible we can go the other way it's hard yeah i mean it's it's like biohacking but if we can mess our bodies up we can surely reverse i i think sometimes you can't but often we can reverse those things yeah and, and we have I mean, not many, but there are people who've done it. And people have done it with just their mind. Mm-hmm. If we can do it with just your... I mean, not all physical things, but I mean, there have been people that have cured their cancers with just how they think. Like, it's insane. If our brains are that powerful, think of what we can do when we use the brain and body in conjunction with one another. They're one in the same. It's like, there's no limits, you yeah. know? Yeah, they're, they're, they're one in the same. Yeah. The, the mental follows the physical like the physical follows the yeah, mental. So it's we, like a circle. It's just completely a circle. Circle right? of life. Circle of life. Yeah. Okay, that was, should we wrap it up? Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm here all day. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay, well, we'll finish with my solitude podcast questions. What is one thing that lights your soul on fire and makes you jump out of bed and just makes you feel this emotion that you can't even explain to anyone else? Hmm. Um, I mean... It ain't because you're here, but getting up and training every day, for sure. Um, but besides that, dancing. Dancing oh. dancing has always been the thing that's lit my soul on fire. Mm-hmm. It's how I've escaped you know, bullying. It's how I escaped loss. It's how I escaped everything. Because when I'm dancing, I'm speaking a language that is only translatable the emotion yeah and this it's expression and this has nothing to do with you know what we were just talking about i already know that when i dance you know there's certain things happening that i can't control just yet but i'm that's okay you know it's okay it's yeah. okay to do those things people yes it is it's okay it's okay everything you have we, permission every, everything that you do doesn't have to be productive per, per, perfect and this no. and that just, just like I, I like a beer. I, I like drinking. I like, you know, I like hanging out. We, at the end of the day, we all die. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sorry to put it <laughs> but we're all going to die. In so would you, you rather, forgot, yeah, in case you forgot, you're going to die someday. So don't die. enjoy your life. I mean, seriously, it's, it's, I honestly believe there's an optimization curve to everything. There is a point of optimization. 100%. If you go too far with something, you're going to go down on the decline. If you don't go hard enough, you might not get to where you want to be. There is a point that's just optimal where you are living a life that you can feel fulfilled in and also have balance and enjoy and be healthy. That's that's perfect. That's perfect. And 
I want to talk about one of my clients real quick. That's okay. Um, I just posted about her. Her name is Mel. Um, oh, I saw that. Yeah, it's so good. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. Oh my gosh. So Mel and I have been working together for some time. Uh, before Flowbility, we were doing weight training, we were doing nutrition, and then I actually started working with Jordan a little bit after, like a, like a few months after I started working with her. So she essentially got to witness my own journey with Flow, and she watched how I changed, and I started implementing some of it to just how I said. It was prehab. I was like, hey, you going to lift, do this first. <laughs> I said Back then, I was like, hey, do your breath work, dude, dude. Yeah. Because, you know, we didn't have some of the things that we have now yeah. in the app. Less resources. Yeah, yeah. Less, so I was like, hey, do your breath work, do your side plank, do your vertical plank, do all so these good. things, and then, then go lift. And yeah. I, you know, and I said, do it, you know, just, just go. It, it was the same programming. I said, you know, today is going to be a four by eight deadlift. We're going to focus on posterior chain. That means put your heels in your, you know, weight in your heels. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Back then, that's what I thought. But, you know, and we focus so much on nutrition. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit of hate for this. Weight loss is literally just math. It is. It's just well, math. Well, it's hormones, too. Seriously, I've learned that the hard way. It's math. But it's hormones. Hormones. I guess the hormones are affected by the math being imbalanced. So yes, yes you're right. It there, is math. At the end of the day, caloric balance is how we change what, what appears um, on the scale. Yes. Like over time. Yes. There are acute changes that we can see on the scale via you know hormones water hormones, retention water retention yeah, sodium intake yeah you know you just ate obviously the carbs store x yeah. amount of you Glycogen, know water yeah blah blah blah, blah. there's yeah. going to be a change in the scale exactly but over time those things level out yeah that's true i mean it's, it's like a reversion to the mean and then the little like dips are the yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's just it's thermodynamics yeah we we, we, we can't argue, argue with it yeah but of course, there are things that change in the short term that impact this guy up here. Yeah. And that's when we start to see the crazy spikes yeah. and, and dips yeah. in weight. So Mel was on basically a binge and restrict cycle yeah. where she would restrict herself because she felt, oh, I can't eat that. It's bad for me. And then she really wanted it. So she have a lot of it. Yeah. And then, you know, she would go to the scale and think about the, rest- you don't think about all the things you just ate you think about oh you know i did all that restricting for all these days and then one day like i had that's so true and then and then you look at the scale and it's like up seven six pounds like what the heck yeah i I didn't i didn't eat like i ate that one cookie and now i'm screwed okay yeah like yeah i I didn't eat anything for five days and i just had one day where i had a bunch of pizza well why why yeah and then you restrict again you do it again and again and again over seriously what is going everything on everything is happening on the street when we're trying oh to record gosh, a the bikers. what bikers look at, this is bikers look at, look at, look at, look at. Ah. holy crap why are there so many Hood. there's gangsters yo <laughs> biker boys oh, holy shit. they're all freaking popping wheelies <laughs> holy crap I have no idea Damn. I see people sitting on their sit bones though a, a few people <laughs> Just, just a few. Just a few. This is insane. There's like over a hundred bikers, probably like two, three hundred people biking down. What is this Fourth Avenue in San Diego? Hey, we got some scooters. Dude, they're on wheels. All the wheels. One dude's doing it one hand. 
That was insane. Um, this is Karan Hawkins keeping you abreast to all things San Diego. This is Karen. It is 42 degrees Celsius. 75 degrees sunny here in San Diego, degrees. California. Not a single cloud in the sky. Good morning, San Diego. Okay, here we go. Back to what you were saying about Mel. Yeah, so she was binging and restricting um, over and over again and wasn't really seeing any results. Like she would lose a lot of weight and then balloon right back up. Yeah. It's just back and forth, like literally like a balloon. Um, this is kind of how she described it to me. And before she had certain perceptions of food where like, um, I will never forget this. Well, one, one of the things she liked to eat out was, uh, was chicken teriyaki with broccoli and rice. Yeah. Um, it's delicious. <laughs> and, and, I, and one of the things that I said is like, hey, you know, you just got to have balance. You got to have, have your macros. You know, you need your protein, carbs, and yeah. fat, and you're good to go. Protein, carbs, fat, vegetable, you're good to go. Yeah. Um, and she made that meal and sent me the macros and, and she said to me, I cannot believe it. Like, this isn't unhealthy. This is fine. I can eat this. And I said, yeah, you're good. So that's, that's the moment where I knew she was learning. Yeah. Because nutrition is very similar to flow from a rep's perspective. There's so a lot of true. things going on the inside that are different, but, um, from a rep's perspective, it's just practice. And you have realizations. Like yeah. it just takes reps to have the realizations. Absolutely. So, yeah. And what's, what's interesting is she sort of did this for the entire year that we focused on nutrition and then it was just too stressful. So we just, we just cut yeah. any type of tracking weight. Cause That's, every, yeah. And, and stress, we all know what that does. Yeah. 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 So tracking her weight every morning was stressful, but for sure. Yeah. Eventually we just stopped. That's good. And she lost 20 pounds this so year. You so got, far. Yeah. You got to take that out of there. Yeah. We, we lost 20 pounds. Yeah. Like that's in, just, just, incredible. Just because her body was feeling better, because her posture was improving, she was moving more, and all of the work that she did from a habits perspective, she developed habits that were residual. Like, she, she could make a meal and know exactly what to do for her health. And I think, too, it's like you become so in tune with your body. Completely. And you, most of us have such disrupted hunger cues because of our environments. We have totally lost our ability to regulate hunger, whether that be stress, um, staring at computer screens, eating while working. We've completely disrupted those. Like we don't know, we don't know when we're satiated anymore. We don't know when we're hungry. So being attuned with your body I think that's one of the biggest keys, knowing when to eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. None of us know how to do that. But when, when you like stop and learn how to be present and you work on that mindfulness, that mobility gives you or any kind of meditation, you can become one with your body and you know what it needs more than you did before. 100%. I mean, the, the moment we made food a product. Yikes. Eat to survive and don't make it this glorified thing. Yikes. That's what's, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. But I, again, I, I could go all day on this. Okay, so you said what lights your soul on fire. What brings you peace? What brings me peace? <laughs> I mean, I already know what you're probably going to say. Yeah, I mean, but... it's, it's obvious <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that brings you peace? Just for funsies? Yeah, honestly, um, a good conversation. Yeah. Like, when I'm having a good conversation with friends, and I'm just chilling, like, I, I feel great. Yeah. I'm relaxed. There's there's no rush. There's no yeah. sense of urgency. Yeah. I always feel very urgent when I'm thinking about things that have to get done. The next thing, the next thing. The yeah, next yeah. But yeah. when you're having a good convo with, with your boys or your gals or, you know, for uh, your non-genders, whatever you want to say, it's you're just having a good time. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So what is the number one obstacle that disrupts the balance you have between peace and then the passion? 
Like what gets Sorry, in the way? Sorry, repeat that one more time. So is there an obstacle that disrupts that balance you have of, you know, feeling peace and passion at the same time? Is there something that disrupts that? That is a good question. If there isn't, that's quite impressive. <laughs> There's, there definitely is. Yeah. 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 Finding the passion in merely existing. You, what you, disrupts that? Exactly. If you're obsessed with what you're passionate yeah. with, once, once you get it, it's like, now what? Yeah. It's like, I, yeah. I thought this was going to be so much more. Yeah, so for I, sure. And that's... You know, relating it back to flow, that's, I, I, I've always felt for so long like I was trying to go somewhere. Yeah. Like I need, I need like. And fast. Once, once I get this, I'm. The grass once, is greener. Yeah. But when you go to the other side, you realize it's the same freaking grass. It's there's the just, same. There's just, there's just a gate There's just like maybe another the hill. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same grass. They use less <laughs> pesticides over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's that's even that's a whole another conversation. I know. Because everybody's trying to go somewhere. I'm still trying to go somewhere. I'm I know. Learning how to be at peace and just just enjoy. It's it. hard. Yeah, and that's and that's why it's such a delicate balance. Because if you don't have any of that fire under your ass, like you won't, you might not do a lot of big great things. But then it's like, are these great big things the things that bring us joy, or is it the journey? Is it the connections? Is it the conversations and the people around us and the progress? Like right. we have to separate those two and focus more on the journey and enjoying the process more than I just want this outcome, you know? I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, you could probably could have because I said, um, and you know. But anyway, thank you for coming on. Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Karan. That's not Karen. (laughs) (laughs) It's Karen, actually. Uh, Karen X Flow. (laughs) K-A-R-O-N-X-Flow. You can find our central hub at Flowbility, F-L-O-B-I-L-I-T-Y on Instagram. You can also go to our website, Flowbility.com, to get started. I love that. Thank you again. Find your peace. Find your peace and your passion, but don't overdo it, okay? (laughs) Rest days. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks. Mm